excited to be here on episode five i can't believe we've made it this far i can't either honestly we've really we've really committed to this but people love it i mean you guys have come out have shown out the listens the plays it makes my heart so happy to see that so many people are supporting us through this fun little excursion we decided to go on yeah and we love all of you but we did want to explain the title of this week's episode, which is a play on words, obviously. Everybody, every 90s kid knows Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So we did a little spin on it, and this week it's Honey, We Need to Shrink the Kids. But we're talking like like they need to go see us shrink. Get it? Shrink. <laughs> we need to shrink them. <laughs> Trauma! That's kind of the... Do you have anything to say? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I do. Our little keeping up with the... Uh, yeah, in the description, I put, have fun keeping up with the Beck, Millard, Pettigrew, Woosleys. Like, keeping up with the Kardashians. There's a whole there's... lot of last names in this house. <laughs> Good thing they're not hyphenated, those poor children. <laughs> oh, my God. We also have a clip. Don't we have a clip from Dad in this episode, too? That's yeah, super we- exciting. Yeah. So we, like, snuck recorded <laughs> a little clip of him earlier this morning talking about why dinner's so hard with the kids, <laughs> which we'll touch on later. But little preview from Dad. We, we love him. Shout out. Oh, I was going to say how it goes through a bit anymore. <laughs> dinner time? Why dinner time's so hard? <laughs> well, first you're asked three times what we're what, what we're having are. yeah then you're told what is they don't like yeah before they even know before they even know and then they when you make it then i mean you're never really told that they're hungry but you sense that because they keep on asking what's for dinner them. what's for dinner so you think they're hungry but then they sit down and they don't eat yeah and then a bit the bidding war starts the auction <laughs> then we Bribe them with cans. Can, can I get three? Can I get three bites <laughs> three of bites. green beans? Uh, no, two, 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 only two, only two. No, you want to see Mason gag at a dinner table? Feed him a green bean. A green bean? Boy does not like green beans. He can't do it. Not in any way, shape, or form. I've tried all of them at no. every way of fixing them. And you feed that boy a green bean, he's gagging. And he straight gagging? No, he, he, like, he will gag. Look like, at him, though. He just didn't he touch him. He's like chicken on the bone. I know. Because I think, well, says, I think he's going to be a vegetarian. That, I can see that chicken. <laughs> but he, I thought he ate that wood chicken leg one time, didn't he? He did. He's got feelings. I mean, he has feelings about animals, I guess. Are you thirsty, sis? No. Hey, guys. You are thirsty? You look thirsty. Hey, guys. Your hands are dirty? Perfect. Well, that's because you're eating with them. You got a fork. Apparently, you're funny. You don't want to use your fork? No. Nope. To explain where dad was coming from with how interesting dinner can be. That's dinner time. Dinner time. Sometimes it's even louder. That's just a small conversation snippet. (laughs) We're practicing our ASMR. A A M A M S. Hey, that's yeah, more. Whisper, 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 whisper
All right, and for any moms out there that have any little girls or boys that are interested in taking any kind of dance classes, my daughter takes classes at Sharon School of Dance. We absolutely love Miss Sharon. She is the greatest with the kids. She does not play when it comes to the rules, so it really helps your kid with discipline, and Charlie loves it so much that she wanted a French-themed ballet birthday party, so she does great with all the children and I think everybody should check it out. So we figured we would start with kind of the who's who in our household because a lot of names get thrown around I feel like in episodes and we want to be like we want to help you sort it all out. Yeah like who is who. So obviously there's me my Molly. I said me myself. Me Me, myself and I and (laughs) nobody else matters. Leave me alone. Anyways, Nina's Nina over there. This is becoming very redundant. <laughs> I was just, I mean, I feel like. All right. So this is Nina. I have, <laughs> I have two kids, Charlie and Sailor. Charlie's four. Sailor is about to be two. Both girls. And Alan, when we talk about Alan, that's my late husband. Um, when we talk about dad or G-daddy. That's my dad, and That's my he's such a pimp name. Like my kids call him G Daddy, and Mason calls him that. Mason as well. calls him that too. So Mason belongs to Molly. He belongs to me. Yeah, and me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if I die, yeah. <laughs> Shush, please. Then it would be the one undead girl. It'd be so much less less catchy. <laughs> that would not be on brand for us. I could never. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so. And when we talk about Rolo, that's Mason's, that's Mason's dad. dad. Rolando was his name, but we all called him Rolo. So like the candy. Yeah. Which we actually have some down there. When I made your bed the other day, I almost laid a Rolo on it like it was like a hotel. But Dude. it would have been a Rolo. I would have been so fucking I would have been like, you got a Rolo in your bed. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so that's pretty much everybody in the household, but let me put this into perspective. So our house was built in 1935, and it is, the rooms are big, but there's only one bathroom, and it's small. (laughs) There's, the closets are super tiny, and there's, the layout is a little weird, but it's an old brick house. There's plenty of land there's plenty of room we love it and even though it sounds like a ton of people in one household eventually molly's gonna change her last name to woosley because my dad (laughs) adopted her yeah it's an adult adoption so then we'll be able to drop the millard we'll be able to just sorry guys sorry sorry to the millards but we'll be able to five thousand million of you that's everybody in the house and i wish i'm gonna i feel like we're explaining it like the brady bunch well dad doesn't live here we yes, should we should clarify, clarify that. Dad, dad doesn't live here. Yeah, it's just... So, Dad came into the picture when Alan passed away. He started first coming over in the morning, helping me with the girls. Then he would come over at dinner time. Let's be honest, I don't, I'm don't. i not the best she cook. She doesn't know how to cook at all. Okay, that's not true. I can feed my family. You but... can make chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese and tater tots. Uh, and spaghetti. And a corn dog. So he helped me a lot during that. And obviously with Molly coming into the picture and being helped as well, 
he has felt like he didn't have to help as much. So he loves Molly being around. He but was, let's be honest, he also loves being needed. Oh, yeah. He was also around in the month that I stayed here after Mason's dad died. Like, he was uh, one of the most comforting sources that I had whenever I was here. Just the amount of love that he gives whenever he hugs people is just very heartwarming. And he was very much there for me in a time when it was needed. Yeah. Shout I out to dad. I don't know how to, else to explain it. My dad is a unicorn. He is... Um, there's, there's not, not a lot out there like him. There's not many people like him. He has a heart of gold and will give himself to help anybody. What does our day-to-day look like? <laughs> I believe it was Dad that said in one word, um, what was it, fucked? fucked. He says it's fucked. <laughs> Let's start out with the fact that I'm going to go ahead and openly admit I'm not a morning person. Nope. If you know me. Molly doesn't do mornings. I'm not a morning person. I'm physically incapable and it's just something that I've accepted about myself so mornings are very hard for me so So, Nina's more the morning mom I'm more the morning (laughs) she's morning shift she definitely takes over though when it comes to like after school mom because you're like getting the dinner ready you're like handling the kids running around like crazy like that shit blows my mind like I can't do all that um, yeah, I, I thrive in chaos, that's why. And I couldn't even say what our day today is like, because it partially is a routine, and it seems like every day is Groundhog Day, but sometimes it every day is different, and we get curveballs left and right. We have, what, horseback riding lessons on Monday. On Wednesday, we have dance for Charlie. On Thursday, they go to Mamie's, and then it's just, like, so much that happens throughout the week, and Saturdays, we both work. Sometimes Mason comes with us to work. Sometimes he stays with G-Daddy. It just... It really It really just depends. But, like, for, like, an average, I feel like day-to-day is, there's just, like, you get up, and the kids are already awake, and dad's here getting breakfast going, and everybody's getting ready for school, and... Dad is such a morning person. I mean, dad oh, wakes God, up at like 4.30 in the morning. Like, he never. is like morning, morning person. I'd so, yeah. He comes in on it. Like, okay, let's get breakfast started. Everybody get up, get like, up ready, get ready. Like, to the point ready. where Mason is not as self-sufficient as he used to be because now he thinks G-Daddy's just going to come make breakfast. Like, I, he's eight. I had him, like, making his own waffles and stuff and, you know, like, little things like that. Like, he's not in there cooking eggs and shit. Yeah. But, like, he was pretty self-sufficient, and then he comes here, and G-Daddy comes along and starts making his breakfast for him, and he got lazy. It was one Sunday morning, and I woke up. (laughs) I mean, I'm still, I'm not, like, as bad as her, but I still like to sleep in when I get a chance, and I get a chance on Sunday morning, so I was, like, I slept in until, like, 9.30 or something. I woke up, and I was like, Mason, are you okay? Like... Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. I was like, well, what'd you have for breakfast? And he was like, well, I didn't have breakfast because I thought G-Daddy was going to come. And I was like, lazy ass. Mason, like, you know better. So, yeah, there's the chaos of breakfast time and then uh, hollering about getting dressed. And there's always an argument when it comes to getting dressed. And then the hard part is that Sailor is a go-getter and she wants to go to school like them. So bad. So as soon as... Mason and Charlie get out the door to go to school. Sailor is just pissed. 
and screaming. She wants to go to. She too. wants to go too. And it's chaotic, but it's so full of love and excitement. It's full of sleep for me. No, I'm not talking about just the mornings. I'm oh, just okay. talking about day to day. Oh, talking like, about day to day. It's, we get told a hundred times that we that our kids love us, and I just feel like that we sometimes are just like, oh my gosh, I know you've told me, but like I sit back and I'm like, you know, at least we have kids that say that, you know, that tell us that, that remind us we're doing a good job, even though we don't feel like we are sometimes. Yeah, they call us out sometimes too, though. Yeah, they're low-key savage. Kids are... I don't know if it's just their generation. Like, I feel like as the generations go on, kids are getting more and more savage. And this generation, man, like, they're going to fuck some shit up. Some shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Molly, when did you really decide... Like, what made you decide to want to move? Because you made that decision before you wanted to move... Like, before you got pushed out of Oregon to move early. We've talked about that, but, like... What was your actual decision to want to come back to North Carolina? I think being here for so long after Rilla died, like I said previously, we stayed with you for a month. And knowing how at home I felt here and how comfortable I felt here and how understood I felt here, I think when I got back, not having that, like feeling that sense of not having that at all, really kind of made me start wanting to come back. And then I started thinking more about it. And, you know, some of it might even have to do with survivor's guilt a Mm -hmm. bit of wishing I had done it sooner. Yeah. But then I thought about how, like, all of Rolla's family's out here and how I want Mason to be able to grow up, you know, around all of his friends and his family and just his memory kept alive as much as possible for Mason so that, that had a lot to do with it, too. And then it just kind of, the more we talked about it, I think, and then you coming out there in April and just realizing how much I missed being with someone who understood Yeah. after you left, it was really hard for me. And that's, I think, when I made my final decision. Yeah, because keep in mind, I had asked Molly to move here before Rolo even died. Yeah, they've, they've been on my ass about it for a while. And I... After having her here, I can't, I mean, I felt the exact same way. After having her here for that month straight, like, when she went back to Portland, I was just, in my head, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, with how am I going to do this alone? Like, I know I still had dad, but it's a whole different energy when, you know, it's just a whole different level of connection when you know exactly what that other person is going through to an extent. Yeah. Because parenting, I don't care what situation it is you're in parenting is never easier alone I don't care no, if that's God, di- no. I don't care if that's divorce you know death I, wh- whatever yeah, it is the father not wanting to be involved the mother not wanting to be involved whatever it is having being outnumbered Sometimes even being just an even number. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I wasn't even outnumbered, and it still is a lot. It's a lot. And it made me, it really made me, like, think, give more compassion to those I feel like that had the, been through situations like that. Yeah. And even my parents, who, it was just a divorce situation, but thinking, you know, gosh, that must have been hard not being, you know, not seeing your kid for this many days, or it must have been hard for 
you to have to deal with all of that alone. Like, yeah, I started my period when I was with my dad. Like, he had, he was like, oh, well, uh, I don't know. What do I like? Uh, like, he had no idea. Froze up. <laughs> like she said, we work stronger as a unit. <laughs> I don't know whether that's just our personalities and our friendship and our bond pre-grief or if it just came together afterwards, but we do really well together. Yeah, it just, it works for us. And it's that, it's that partner that the other is missing, but in a different way. It's, it's such a hard thing to explain to people. It's not the partner we want. I, I mean, it is, but you know what I mean? We, I don't want you, but you'll do, I guess. We would rather have the father of our children, but it's, like I said, it's so much harder to parent alone. So whether you have a family member that's helping you, a friend that helps you, a romantic partner, whatever it is, of what do we like to call ourselves? Uh, heterosexual, heterosexual life, life partners. partners. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, whatever just, it is you got going on, you know, it's always better to have support. Even though everybody does think we're the cool lesbian moms, but it's fine. We kind of we kind of let them believe that. Yeah, we had no hesitation at all moving in with each other. Um, I did because I'm scared of everything that anyone tells me. Okay, um, well, this is the first time I'm hearing about this hesitation, so hold on. Maybe there wasn't, we should have a conversation <laughs> off recording. No, there wasn't hesitation. Do you remember how many times I was like, <clears throat> I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden. I'm stressed out. Like, I, oh, my gosh, but that's just normal shit. Like, I have as far so as it much goes, anxiety. Like, as far as it goes with living with someone, that's a huge deal. And I can't do that with many people no. because of just... Who you are as a person. yeah. Same. Why do you have the loudest vibrate setting possible on your phone? Mm-hmm. I had to say on your phone because <laughs> I wanted to clarify. Um, All right. Anyway, how has grief changed how we parent? That was a question we got. Um, I thought that was good. You have to become good cop and bad cop. It's hard. And it's really hard because it's like you have to play both of those both of those roles. You have to be, you know, the hard ass, but you have to also be the loving, caring, nurturing, giving them what they need, like emotionally parent as well. Like there's no, you don't have anybody to bounce decisions off of. It's almost like relearning how to parent. Like you spend those first few years parenting your kids. You get in a rhythm. And you're doing with someone else and you, you know, like well, how Especially for goes. you. I guess that's fair yeah. for us to touch on too. Cause that was also on our list. Like just the dynamics are different. Yeah. Because I, I mean, <clears throat> she can obviously tell you firsthand, but I secondhand watched her and Rolo just grow from being a couple to breaking up and it being messy but then eventually coming together and even from two even from the opposite sides of the country being some of the best co-parents ever yeah we're our best friends like we we talked every single day like it it was like we had the good parts of our relationship back like the friendship aspect of our relationship came back and it was just so much easier. Like, it was like I had my best friend back. And, yeah, we talked We talked every day. And it was, he would come for holidays. And Mason spent, I'm so thankful for this, that Mason spent the summer before his dad passed last year, the whole summer out here with him. Um, 
And that was the first year y'all had done that, right? Yeah, that was our first year. And we were going to do it every year. Um, but that was our, our first our first year doing it. Because I wasn't sure if I could do it. Like, I hadn't spent, you know, more than three or four days away from Mason, let alone months. months. <laughs> so that was a... That was a big step, but I'm I'm so glad I did it because otherwise I think I would hold a lot more guilt than I already carry. And I was friends with both Molly, obviously Molly first, but Ann Rollo, I knew them as a couple and individually, and they were great parents. And I personally, me and Alan were married, so we had our own rhythm going, our own, you know, we already had the good cop, bad cop role routine down pat. We we knew when to play off of each other, and we knew when our kids were playing us. So it was already, it, it's just like what Molly said. I had to completely relearn everything. And not only did I have to relearn everything, after Alan died, Charlie regressed so much um we had to read and then it really sucked because me and Alan had gone through potty training her together and y'all may think I'm crazy but it was such a fun and funny experience for Alan and me because if you just know Alan he loves like a good poop joke or like (laughs) funny things and so like he just would it was so much fun for us to do it together and then for her to forget all of that after he died and have to go through it again, but by myself, I was like, this is the worst. So kind of as an example of how we rely on each other, just like as a partner in parenting, this last week I ended up being sick. I think it was Sunday and Monday. I was down for the count. Um, I had a fever no energy. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Like I thought I had COVID, COVID tested. It was negative. And it turns out there's this thing called psychosomatic fevers that people can get when they're under high amounts of stress and, or grief, kind of like Nina has cardiomyopathy. I get the, um, psychosomatic fevers and it's happened every couple months or so since Rolo died. And I just, I always thought it was so weird because there was never any other symptoms. Yeah. Um, it's just like I'm exhausted. I'll sleep for like 24 hours. I get a fever and then I'm good. It's weird. But without Nina, I don't know how I would do that. Like there, there'd be no, no possible way. Like I could barely even get out of bed to go to the bathroom. My body hurts so bad. So it's like. And, like, if I needed something, I could text her, and she would, like, bring it to me. And it's just, like, having that that person there just gives you that comfort of knowing that somebody's got it. Somebody's got it under control. Like, you're good. You know you can let yourself knock out for eight hours in the daytime and eight hours the next night and just sleep forever, and everything's going to be okay. And that's that's a comforting feeling. It's a really comforting comforting feeling because like in my example too the medicine that my doctors put me on to help me gain weight which was really important in my health just in general because I was extremely underweight the medicine that they gave me is a night nighttime medicine and so it helps you sleep too I I wouldn't hear the kids I can't do that so it was super helpful to me when Molly was here and I was able to finally tell my psychiatrist, like, hey, I finally have somebody else in the house. Like, 
And the first night I took it, she didn't take her sleep meds. She wanted to make sure I was safe. Like, just to have that fallback, it makes you feel better about... It takes such a load off your shoulders. Yeah. It makes you feel better about yourself. It makes you feel better about our situation. It makes you just... It's more... It's, it's just comforting, I think, knowing that there's... You have that fallback. And you Molly have that Molly is my comfort. <laughs> so. I am your safe space. <laughs> just you. Just yes, you. Just me. As a person. My safety bubble includes Molly and my children. <laughs> <laughs> the household. The household. Keeping up with the... I can't even spout it off. Keeping up with the Beck, Millard, Woosley, Pettigrews. So many names, God. little example of how it's uh, easier. I feel like it kind of giving an actual current situation example is more explanatory for people and kind of gives them a better grasp of how things truly work like on a day-to-day yeah for sure (laughs) that is the sound of just pure joy and that's what we deal with every day even when it's the toughest days at work Coming home, no matter how stressful it is, getting everybody fed, everybody home, everybody out of the car seats, everybody, you know, to where they need to get to. Hearing that laughter, I promise you, just like... It's worth it's it. It's so worth it. There's been days where me and Molly, you probably couldn't force a smile out of us, but they start laughing and giggling and stuff. We can't help it. It's just... It's our... It's our serotonin. <laughs> okay, so it's also important... To touch on how this has affected the kids. (laughs) I know firsthand that a lot of people on my side were apprehensive about it. Whether that were family members or friends. Because I think they thought, okay, you're already depressed and sad and grieving. And you're dealing with Charlie, you know, going through it. But that goes back to us, me saying that we had no hesitation at all. Because we... I have never lived with Molly before this, but I knew instantly after that month of our dynamic of living together that it was going to work. Oh, um, easily. And it was going to be so, in my eyes, and I think in your eyes too, we just thought this is going to be so much better for the kids, for them to have a support system together, for them to have yeah. a support system. Like, if, let me be honest, it's hard when. When somebody who hasn't been through it speaks on it especially, but it's hard when your kids bring up their fathers, even if they're talking in a positive way, this is something me and Molly are both working on is how to handle that because we lose it. Yeah. We hear them talking about how much they miss their daddies or how much they want, you know, they want to talk about their dad, but it makes us but that makes me and Molly sad. And they, both of our kids, I think have said that, you know, they don't want to talk about it to us because it makes them sad or it makes us sad, makes them sad to see us sad. But we also try and reinforce the fact that even if they think it's going to make us sad, you know, we're the person you got to give them to, you know, we're the ones who understand and we're the ones who are going to be able to help you. And so that's definitely, I think they've found, in each other, they've found somebody who knows what the other has gone through. And maybe it's like an unspoken kid thing. I don't know. But it's just like they 
understand like Mason's so protective over the girls like he's like very much took on the big brother role like immediately like Charlie's just and Charlie and Taylor both just like are obsessed with Mason like it's the sweetest thing I love it so much because it's like I get him to see him be a sibling that he never got to be and they love it yeah I mean you could ask any one of them they love it they when they're away from each other. They're wishing they were back with each other. They The first thing they do when one of them comes back in the door is like... Runs in and is like, is Mason home? Is Mason home? Or yeah. like, is Charlie here? Yeah. Like, it's so Like, are the girls cute. here? It's so cute. And a funny thing that Charlie said one time, like, just to show in her little four-year-old brain that there is some confusion. Because one time, like, she talks a lot about Mason being her brother. And yeah. so she, yeah. she even went to... You know, preschool and, or I think it was vacation Bible school. Yeah. She went to vacation Bible school and was like, you know, we got, I have a new brother now. Like I have a new brother. And I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be very confusing to people. But then at the same time, she's like, when I grow up, can I marry Mason? And I'm like, oh, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's let's rewind a bit. Uh, We need to, we we got to go back. Let's go back to the brother. We're going to clarify some things. So it is a little bit confusing for her little brain, but nevertheless they love it it's not confusing at all to sailor that is another yeah. thing i had written down is just like how it affects sailor versus mason and charlie because mason has years of memories of his dad yeah charlie has three years of memories with her dad Sailor inevitably will have no memories of her dad, and I've accepted that fact. It's a hard one to accept, but I've accepted the fact that she will not have any clear memories of her dad. She will know who her dad is, and we will show her photos. But as of right now, in this important part of her growth and development, this is all she knows. Yeah. Mason is her brother. Molly is her second mom. Like, this is all she knows. We will be able to clarify that as she grows, but, I mean, it, it, it this is it. And it it definitely affects her differently, but I think in a positive way. Basically, long story short, Molly has come into my home and taken the spot of favorite daughter from my dad. From me. He admittedly said that I was his favorite. And also took favorite mama from (laughs) Sailor because I swear that child loves her some Molly. She belongs to me. She's mine. Does she? Yeah. Did you birth her? Uh, no. She was big. Yeah. Well, I... Uh, you know what? She's mine. <laughs> she acts like me. She's just she's just a little miniature me, and I love her, and she loves me, and she feeds me um, Fruit Loops in bed it's true. aggressively. She loves to, like, shove food in Molly's mouth. <laughs> she... Uh, yeah, she has a weird mouth thing. I guess because she's a COVID baby and she didn't see many people's mouths. She really liked, she's a big fan of touching people's mouths. Very fascinated. The first time we ever actually met and I picked her up and she looked at me so confused and like felt my mouth, like just put her hand on it. And I'm pretty sure there's actually a, a in one of our uh, family photos that Nina forces us to do every fucking holiday in matching pajamas. I already bought the ones for Halloween, guys. No worries. God, I hate it. There's actually a picture of Sailor, like, stabbing me in the eye. She was trying to, like, rip those eyelashes off of her She didn't eyes. want them on my face at all. Like, she... I got my lash extensions done, and she hated them. Not a fan. 
She doesn't like when I put glasses on. She's just not a fan of things things on people's face she really likes to suss you out yeah she needs to see your whole face before she trusts you and then still it's debatable she's the best though she's just so snuggly so happy Um, she says no a lot like she's in her no phase right now mm -hmm. and it's everything is no. every single thing she says is no but but what's so funny is that my dad and her have like the cutest little connection but they also have like (laughs) They both have attitudes towards you. I just, I just wish you could hear them argue one day. Like, it's so funny. They're just sitting there, and all I hear is, like, her yelling, no, and him being like, yes, and him, <laughs> or her being like, no, and he's like, yes, and I'm like, why is this happening? It's hilarious listening to them argue. She'll argue with anybody. I think we, we had written down <laughs> some questions previously to ask Dad, like, to put in, but... When For some reason, it didn't record right, but it was, one of the questions was, like, is Molly truly your favorite? And he, like, immediately was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. wow. He, he didn't even hesitate. He has three biological children. He girls. Didn't, he didn't even stutter. We said, what does our day-to-day look like from your perspective? He said, fucked. We said, why? I said, dinner so hard, and y'all got, a, y'all got that clip. And then, on average, how many questions does Mason ask in a day? He was like, oh, shit. I don't even know. And then uh, he said, he said, like, a... He was like, ten. Yeah, he was like, ten. I'm like, yeah, maybe in a minute. What? In a he day? He asked us ten in the ride home today. In a ten-minute ride. And then we said, is Sailor going to end up in her first fight before she reaches elementary school? And he was like, hell yeah, and I'm going to be right behind her. But my dad, like we've said in the past, is just a hilarious character. When we, there was that one time, Molly, remember we were like telling him how much he would have loved Rolo. We were like, you really would get along with Rolo. Like y'all would have, you would have loved him. And he was like, I think I wrote it down. He was like, well, the people you miss the most are the people you would have had the best time with. That's a dad quote right there. I was like, I'm sorry, huh? (laughs) What? But somehow, it just... That's why me and him get to laughing, because he'll say shit like that sometimes, and I'll just start giggling. I know. You give in to his stupid jokes, and I'm like, what in the world? They're Are so, you... They're stop lucky kissing funny. his ass to be his favorite daughter. I'm not. Like, they're just low-key funny sometimes, and oh, they make me giggle. Whatever. Go get adopted. Go take my dad. <laughs> Whatever. Me and Sailor are going. We're leaving. We're going to go with Dad. Guys, we're going to do a little rapid fire question and answer. There are five questions on here. I'm going to pass the paper back and forth between me and Molly. And we have to answer them, like, the first thing that comes to our brain. Like, we have to answer within a few seconds, okay? Oh, God. So fast. Rapid fire. Ready? Go. one. Read who's, it to me. Who's the smartest in the house? Oh, shit. Uh, me. I don't know. Fucking uh, narcissist. What's, what's the most annoying thing about living with me? Um, how you're constantly hawking up fucking loogies every 24 seconds. And it's it allergies, makes me want to gag and die. <laughs> Which kid do you think is going to be the worst teenager? Oh, probably Charlie. I was going to say easy. Charlie is easy. Charlie. She's going to be the worst. If we won the lottery, would you want to move? No. I would have them expand 
But move? No. Yeah, I don't want to move either. What's your favorite blended house memory? Oh, God. Um, This is my question. Is it? What's your favorite blended house memory? <laughs> um, I've got a good one. Yes. Um, so the other day, the girls were getting dressed, and they were like, obviously, we've already talked about how big of a deal it was. They were getting dressed, and Mason was just like standing there because he was waiting on Charlie to get dressed for school so they could leave. Dad was like, all right, all right, let them just get dressed in peace, please. And then he, him and Mason walked out of the room and on the way out, Mason was like, huh, that kind of sounded like rest in peace. And I was like, <laughs> His wow. comedic timing is just, it's really impressive for an eight-year-old. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's going places. He's Pete Davidson. He is. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're gonna wrap her up here. It's not a super hour-long episode like we normally do but we just wanted to give you guys kind of a rundown on how our day-to-day is what our life is like who's who we've touched on it here and there but more of a thorough explanation who's who who belongs to who (laughs) who all is in this household and who's the actual parent of who 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 wrangles the circus so which alternates daily i think dad wrangles the circus best yeah he really does he's got the best grip on it um (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. I got a week to come up with what we're going to talk about next week. Catch so. on the flip side. Give us some <laughs> Can't wait. ideas for next week. That was a good stutter. You stuttered. All right. Once again, we love you guys so much. So Thank much. you for turning in. <laughs> once again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Once again, we love you guys so much, and we're so thankful, and we're so... <laughs> we're so... I came in so strong, and you ruined it. We're so grateful to have you guys here, and like we always say, stay undead! undead.